you think Cliff's being tied down by Kime? You know, like because I like you said, this has been going on. You know, not not developing young players for years, right? And Cliff's only been there for a few years. You know, do you think it's a Kime thing? Well, but the development is on the coaching, so like that's right. Now, but, I mean, now is Kime not giving him the players that can develop? I don't know because again, if they leave and perform somewhere else, well, then it was the coaches. It wasn't Kime. You know, it wasn't the GM. Right. But not, but you, I mean, look, at, you look at Hassan Reddick, right? For that went to he went to Carolina now with the Eagles. He's had since his last year with the Cardinals, he had uh 10 sacks or double digit sacks. Then he went to the Panthers, had double digit sacks, and now with five games to go, four games to go, has double digit sacks with the Eagles. That guy was not performing for three, four years until we moved his position. Now, the one part that you're saying is Kime hampering them. Is that a Kime or and Bidwell saying, hey, we drafted them to play here, so that's where you must play them? It doesn't allow them to move them? Yeah. I don't know. I don't think so. I would think they're going to say, hey, put them in the best. If I'm Kime, if I'm a GM, I'm saying, here's the tool. You better use it the best way possible. I don't right. care where you put it, just as long as it works. Like, I, at the end of the day, I'm not going to – I hired you. You're the coach. You, yeah. you do what you do. So – yeah, you would I think, but I mean, you also have heard a lot of stories out of uh, Dallas, you know, of uh, that GM there overstepping, you know, what what his role is and kind of involving himself in the coaching aspect of it. You know, maybe he's just asking uh, Kingsbury to focus on the veterans, you know, and and make sure that they're in their positions and you know, and developing plays for them without considering the uh, the youngsters, you know. I mean, if it's a trend ever since Kime's been there, you know, and I mean, Cliff's only been there a few years, but I mean, Cliff's well, only going to do. It was a trend. It was a trend pre-Kime, so it's not like was, okay. you know, this is this has been the Cardinals organization for, like I said, 20, 30 years. I mean, it's just not been good. <sighs> I I don't know. Like, I, I I'm at the point. Kime's been there since '99, man. As a, as no, a but scout. I'm saying this was a trend. They came here in '88. This has been a trend since okay. '90, '91, '92. Wow. I mean, this was this has always been kind of the story with the Cardinals. But with that being said, um, I, I I'm at the point blow it all up. That's where I'm at, and and you might as well just rebuild and start new. I, I'm not trying to say it's one guy or the other, and you're keeping one guy over the other. I, I honestly don't think that. I think if you were to do it, I would be more in trust in keeping time with a veteran proven coach, AKA a Sean Payton. I'd be okay with that versus keeping, bringing in a new GM and keeping cliff. Cause I think cliff is going to be what he's going to be. And at the end of the day, it's highway robbery. When cliff is playing like an AJ green last night, who I'm telling you right now, book it. He will not be on this roster in four weeks after the season's over. Right, he's gone. So at this point, you have nothing left to play for. Play Greg Dorch. Play these <laughs> other guys. No, but play the young guys, like you know, yeah. defensively. Play well, Dorch's the young got speed, people. man. I, I'm with you. He's got speed. I mean, they have him on kick returns, you know. But why can't they move other positions, like move it around, like you know? I mean, if they're not using Robbie, I mean, they used him in the last game, and, and, and that's even that. Use Robbie more. Like, yeah. like, let's get Robbie more active because at some point you need to know what you have. You know what you have with Hollywood Brown and Hopkins. Like, at the end of the day, you could scale them back a little bit if you really wanted to because you're not playing for anything. And if you're tanking, then let's at least tank with the young guys. Like, you know <laughs> what, what I mean? Like, get, yeah. yeah, well, see what they're made of and give them the reps so they're ready for next year. 
Like, that's what I want. I, that's what I want to oh. see. And so let's go to Hard Knocks real quick as we, we go to wrap this episode. But uh, last night, did you get to see the full episode or only, only part? I didn't watch it. Yeah, I didn't watch it yesterday. Oh, okay. Well, I'll give you some of the highlights and let you react here. What you'll see in this episode, best episode uh, of the season so far, because it felt like you got more background. It starts off with Cliff Kingsbury driving to the office and he's going there at like four in the morning. I mean, it's still dark out. He's like, oh, I one thing he stood out to me that he said was he felt like he had regrets about his playing time in the pros. Uh, He was with the Patriots, obviously. And he felt like almost made it sound like he didn't commit to working as hard as he felt like he should. And so he said he never wanted that to be the case in this phase of his career being a head coach. So he believes in the first one in, last one to leave mentality. You saw him in getting a workout in like early in the morning. And then obviously he's going to the office and, and, and watching tape and putting together game plans and doing all that. So Cliff puts in the work. So I don't want to blame him for that. But uh, that was nice to see. You also saw the relationship with DeAndre Hopkins and his mother. You saw how hard he took it when he fumbled in that game Monday, and and he flat mm. out said, "This loss is on me." The momentum completely changed once I had that fumble and they scored. So it was great to see. It's great to see leaders really step up. I will say something I noticed is in that quarterback room is that when they cut to those scenes, it's like Colt McCoy's always the one talking. Kyler's just kind of like sitting there, like he's looking, he's paying yeah. attention. But he ain't the one leading the quarterback room, which is so weird to me. I get Colt's been around longer, but dude, this is your team. Like you should be the one leading the conversation. And we only see a small snippet, but I feel like every snippet we see, it's like a constant that it's always Colt and it's not Kyler. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, They did show JJ Watt uh, mentoring Cam Thomas, which was awesome. He's a rookie and uh, seeing him, he's built a little bit like a JJ Watt. So seeing him talk to him and then, uh, Zach Allen. They had some. They had a weird conversation about Zach giving his dog a bath naked. It was I don't know. It was really weird. Uh, it was more JJ Watt like trying to make him look weird on TV. It was pretty funny. But uh, seeing Zach, seeing JJ Watt's leadership, and he talked about he's at the end of his career, so he's really valuing this time to try to coach up other guys, and and he's really embracing that type of role. So that's what made it like a really really good episode. I did notice at practice this for Kyler gets hurt. He, his leadership and leadership's different with everybody. You have the leaders like a JJ Watt that's very coaching, loving, um, and helpful. <laughs> then you have the Kyler where it's kind of like yell at you. And, uh, and you saw that at practice, he's yelling at a guy about lining up or whatever. And you can tell he's not mad at the guy, but he's more like, dude, what the heck? Like get it together. And, it's more of a aggressive uh, talk down to you leadership. And uh, I remember in my young career of, of, of when I was in a management position, I had employees. I remember initially I felt I was the Kyler kind of leader, like very kind of dictator type leader. And I learned as I got older, and this is, I think, the the hopeful part of this, when he watches a Colt and watches JJ and watches a Hopkins take ownership and watch all these guys, I hope as he gets older, because I saw it with myself, like by the time I got to be in my late 20s, I was not the same leader that I was at 22, 23, 24 years old of, of, of individuals. And I was more compassionate and more listen. I tried to coach. Hopefully, 
Kyler coming off this injury. This is reflecting for him. Hopefully that's what we're going to see some transition. Hopefully he'll get to watch hard knocks a little bit and see how he looks on tape. Uh, I'd be really interested for that, but Gunnar hearing all that, I mean, I'm looking forward to Cardinals, it, Yeah. I'm looking forward <laughs> to seeing that episode. I, I've kind of been a couple of days behind, you know, when it comes yep. to that, you know, I'm in bed by seven o'clock each night. So, I mean, I did look for it yesterday. I couldn't remember what time they were. Oh, released. it doesn't drop till eight. So if yeah, you're in bed so, by seven, you're missing yeah. it. So I'm looking forward to turning that on tonight, you know, and uh, and uh, seeing everything you just talked about, man. Key to the game this weekend, don't win. I got into <laughs> it with a guy on Twitter on Sunday. He's like, that's bad culture. Like, you should never try to tank. Listen, the Arizona Cardinals are not in the position with the holes that they have to be focusing on W's right now. They yeah. need dynamic studs that they're only going to get in the top four or five of the draft. And ultimately I'm okay with them losing. I would prefer if they lose and, and, and if that were to happen this weekend, they do it with younger talent though. I think that's the message play the younger guys. And at the end of the day, I, I can take it. If they win Gunner, huh? You put Hopkins on the bench and you say, play the old guys or you play the young guys. So you, you put the stars on the bench. No, I'm not going to say putting them on the bench, but I'm saying instead of throwing 10 passes to DeAndre Hopkins, maybe he only gets five or six, and you spread out three or four of them to some of the younger guys. Get Robbie a little more involved. Like, Hollywood Brown and Hopkins shouldn't be getting 20 passes a game the rest of the way. It just shouldn't. Like, I get they care about their numbers, but at the end of the day, let's, for the good of the team going forward, Let's focus on some of the young guys and getting them involved. Keontae Ingram, the running back, you know, get him in there to maybe lighten the load of James Conner's snaps. Because what's the worst that can happen, Gunner? We saw it this past Monday. James Conner tears an ACL, and now he's gone for another year. You know what I mean? Like, we don't need to do You know what's going to happen when they do that? They're going to win the game. Because it's different than what they've done all season. You know, well, they, Gunner, I'm okay with that. If they win <laughs> playing the future, uh-huh. okay, I'm fine with it because okay. at least we know there's a foundation there that you can build upon next year. Yeah. Right now, you're not building upon, there's a chance that you're going to move Hopkins next year. There's a chance you're not bringing JJ Watt back. Like these guys might not be on the team. So let's get the young guys in there, get the reps, see what we got. Because here's, again, a bad thing. I don't want to put this in the universe, but I'm going to. Hopkins gets a major injury, and you were planning on moving him. Well, guess what? It's going to be kind of hard to move him now. Yeah, J.J. Watt, going to be hard to move him if he gets a bad injury these next four weeks. So let's scale back their time, and let's play the young guys and see what we got and see what happens. If we get a win, you can be happy with it. It's not something you're going to kill yourself over because you hurt your draft position that bad. With that being... But I mean, if you're Michael Bidwell and hearing that little thing, you know what you said, and you know if they're if they're gonna win with the younger players, they were built to get to the Super Bowl this season, you know. So are you saying to, to uh, that's over? You've been eliminated. I mean, okay, ain't so, nothing so left. That you're saying go rebuild, all rebuild, like like pretty much what Seattle did almost. No, I guess I'm saying you can bring a JJ Watt back or a Hopkins, but we you have 20 guys that are gonna be free agents. 20, I think it was 22, 21 guys. We need to see what we have to decide who do you want to resign, who do you want to trade, who do you want to like. Yeah. We need to see what else is on this roster and, and really figure out these these uh, these young guys and what they can do. 
I mean, it's just they're and they're only going to get better by live reps, you know, training camp reps, practice reps at the end of the game on hard knocks. Colt McCoy was standing by Cliff and Cliff said, you did great. It's hard to win a game like this when you don't get the reps yeah. because Kyler got all the reps that week. Well, same thing with all the young guys. They need to get the reps. We need to get live ammo going and seeing what they can do. So, so what's your prediction then for uh, for Sunday? Because I I feel like if they're going to put the young guys in, it's a different look than what Denver Denver's watching tape. You know, with the stars, so if they put all the young guys in. It's a different look. I could see them winning. You know, the the young guys are going to look to uh, impress. So, what, what's your take on it? What do you think is going to happen on uh, on Sunday? Like, the Broncos don't score a lot of points. I think they're the lowest scoring team in the NFL. I believe that's a sad. I saw the other day. If they, man, I, I hate to take the Cardinals in this uh, because their defense is really good. The Broncos D is really good, and Colt McCoy yeah. has really struggled. So by that, I would think the Broncos win this game, but the Broncos offense is atrocious. So if the yeah. Cardinals can muster any points, I think they win this game, especially with Ru if Russell Wilson is definitely out. So I would pick the Cardinals. I don't know what the score is going to be just based on offenses uh but i wouldn't be shot dude this is a coin flip all the way well they got it at 36 and a half points so they don't see it being that high scoring of a game you know who's the favorite right now i didn't look is it the broncos uh denver i mean it's just i mean i think it's even but denver's got uh, minus like three, three points cause, yeah because yeah, it's home field advantage yep yeah so is what it is well with that being said gun well who are you taking gutter before we wrap uh, I will probably you know, you're just. Not bet, you're you know, not I will bet. It. No, here's what I'll do. I'm going to bet on no touchdown being scored. I'm going to. I'm going to take that bet, and because uh, Denver's That's had not one of those a bad games. bet. That's really it's, not. It could be a field goal game back and forth. Denver's had one of those. I mean, that was uh, back yeah. in October against the Cardinals. Cardinals had those in previous years, so yeah. I, I could see that. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'm not mad at that. that. What's the no touchdown bet? What is the odds on that? Uh, well, you got to go to uh, first touchdown score. Oh, they don't have it on there yet, but it will be on there eventually. So, like, there's a there's a prop bet of first uh, uh, player to score a TD, but then way down there, it's typically like plus two thousand or something like that on no nice. touchdown being scored. But I think on this game with it being such a low, it'll, it'll it won't be as good of odds as a normal game with no touchdown being scored. You know, making that yeah. bet. Well, and it's yeah. going to be really cold, so you think the run games are going to get involved, but the Cardinals can never commit to the run, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. But yeah. all right, with that, we got to wrap. We're way over here. Well, even when the Cardinals are this bad, we can still somehow get to almost an hour of just talking about how bad they are. Uh, with that being said, hopefully we get some optimism. Maybe we move up in, a, in our draft spot here after this weekend. Uh, he is Gunnar Jackson. You can find him at the Gunner on Instagram. Nope, sorry, the Gunner on Twitter. Yep at Radio Gunner on Instagram, at Burging Travel for me on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, make sure you follow us this weekend if you're going to go to Denver. I know a lot of fans are going to make that commute. We have like 45 fans signed up for our tailgate for Sunday. It's indoors, so get out of that cold for at least a few hours before the game. Uh, the stadium's open, so it's going to be really cold once the game gets going. Uh, BurgingDenver.com for that. And, of course, with this awesome podcast, what you need to do is smash the subscribe button wherever you get podcasts and make sure you download every episode. Go to cardinalspodcast.com to find uh, a podcast service near you to get this fine show. And, as always, kick off in the valley.